Welcome to The Scoop, the Southern California Underground Utility Partnership, where we talk about everything utilities with industry pros. Hear from the experts about breaking into the industry, learn from their experiences, and get the inside scoop. I'm your host, Ruben Murillo. What's The Scoop? Welcome to The Scoop Podcast. This morning, we have Tim Colley coming to us from Elsinore Valley Municipal Water District. Tim serves as the operations manager at EVMWD, and in today's episode, Succession Planning, Tim will share and discuss how he has engaged his employees and strategized for a long-term sustainability for when Tim has retired. All right, good morning, Tim. Thanks for joining us this morning. I, I Even though I know you didn't have to travel far, but again, your time is uh, greatly appreciated, so thanks for doing this for us. Well, I appreciate being invited back, Ruben. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Tim is a, a repeat guest, so um, I felt it was super necessary, again, knowing you, Tim, as, as long as I've known you and knowing that you've had the opportunity to bring up a couple of my other co-workers, uh, other superintendents here that worked for you in two departments that you ran here at Elsinore Valley Municipal Water District. Yeah, I so I, I thought, who better than to talk to you about this, you know? So, <laughs> Well, I'm honored, Ruben. Yeah. Thank you. Let's get into this. Does your organization have a formal way of evaluating employees' performance and identifying uh, possible future leaders? Yeah, we sure do. We actually have a very robust uh, annual evaluation that I know you're very familiar with. Yeah really is a, a tool that we can use quarterly, monthly, depending on the employee, to help them reach their goals. And it's also a, a tool to help them if there's a section, you know, something that a, an employee is coming up a little short on or can, needs improvement, it's a great way to document that for them and, and help them show their improvement over the next year. But the evaluation is really one of the most important tools that we can do here, not only for the district itself to keep everybody on the straight and narrow, but it's good for each individual employee. You know, some people really like the uh, feedback other people are just hey you know it's a formality but yeah. those who really like the feedback it's worth the time to take the effort to go through and say hey you did really great here you know or here's a section where I think you could you know just do a little bit better and here's how and hopefully they can grow from that yeah and Tim can you give us the name of the the program that we are currently using uh, well it's in in four yeah I don't know if there's a sub name for it but our evaluation system it's in four evaluation system yeah and 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 like you mentioned too like what I like about it is that the employees have the ability to provide feedback as well on there so anything that you know especially on the management level or supervisor level that you know you're not always in the field visiting the guys they have opportunities opportunity to give feedback, something that you may miss or, you know, you weren't seeing directly, you know. Oh, so. it's a great tool. And one of the other things that, you know, I've really strived to do is get input from other superintendents, other managers, coworkers. So if I'm not working directly with someone on a project where, you know, maybe I don't know the exact outcome, I'll reach out to engineering or finance, customer service, say, hey, you were working with Jerry on this project. Yeah. Can you give me some feedback on things that he or she did well or you know, things that they might need improvement on. And generally that's a great third party evaluation yeah. that's unbiased by me and it's really appreciated by the employees. And honestly, I think the people who are giving the feedback appreciate being asked to be part of that evaluation. Oh, for sure. Now, uh, one thing, I, I know I briefly touched on it, but I do want to mention just because I think it's uh, it's uh, so important and it and it provides uh, backup to, to wh why you've been invited and why you're on this special episode. So Tim has been the superintendent here in the preventative maintenance department. Mm -hmm. He's been served as the superintendent for water production 
and then now is the water operations manager. And each of those two departments that I mentioned, he's had employees working under him who currently serve as superintendents. So you have Brian Vigil, which I've had on yep. on the podcast as well. Um, he is now the uh, preventative maintenance superintendent. And Sean Gray, who's worked under you in water production, That's and correct. he is the current superintendent. So again, I felt that that was super necessary, you know, again, to, to, to mention and bring up why we're sitting here, because obviously you're doing something right. Well, um, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily doing right, but I got staff that's doing things right. right. So I've said it before, you guys make my job really easy. So I appreciate the staff's hard work and willingness to go above and beyond. And that's, you know, why succession planning sometimes works so well because it's the people who want to succeed. Yeah. All right. Now, Tim, do you have a succession plan for each member of your team? Well, yes, you hope you hope you do, depending on the employee. Um, There are some employees that, you know, they're very content with where they're at and they might have hit their ceiling of where they want to go. Some people look at, you know, especially going when you transition from the field to management, that there are certain things that, you know, maybe they don't want to do the public speaking or the presentations or the public outreach and sometimes above and beyond. So, you know, if they hit that ceiling, that's fine, but we still want to give them uh, goals and objectives to hit to basically improve them in the position they're at. If you have an employee who wants to move up, say, from superintendent to manager, those are the people I'm looking at. What do they want to do? Are they willing to step up? Are they willing to do a board presentation, which is nerve-wracking to some people, public speaking, uh, working on PowerPoints? going out into the public and talking to, you know, city groups or other uh, committees. And those are the people you look for that, you know, are they stepping up now for the job that they want in the future? And so we're always looking for ways to help, you know, superintendents, leads, even the uh, one-twos that say, hey, you know, I want some extra exposure great. We're going to do whatever we can to get them involved in, in something, whether it's a small presentation at a safety meeting or a tailgate meeting or a brief a brief update at an all-hands staff meeting, which, you know, that's an entire district. So, you know, you have 160 people in a room or online it can be quite nerve-wracking if you're not yeah you know, comfortable speaking. So when when those guys come to me and say, hey, I really want this opportunity to give a five minute update, we do everything we can to encourage that because that's what we need. That's what we're looking for is those guys to step up, you know, not wait for me to come to you and say, hey, I think you're a future leader. I want you to come to me and say, hey, Tim, I want to be a future leader. And, you know, what can I do? And, you know, what paths can I take? And a lot of times it's a very simple baby steps, but we start out with just, hey, uh, let's, you know, have you be be part of this project? Maybe you weren't slated to be part of a project, but now that you've shown interest, let's have you set in and have your input and see how the process goes. Or do a small PowerPoint for a, a job or a task that your group did and present it to one of those other committees that we talked about. Yeah, so almost like um, in some cases, do you, I know from experience that, you know, you're even when you're on vacation, you're still accessible. But is there anything, uh, is there has there been anyone who's approached you um, and ask for that responsibility? And, and, and if so, do you have, w- would you consider saying, you know, I have a number two or almost like a deputizing somebody like in your absence, right? So I don't know if that's something that is even permissible in your position, but you know, as far as, you know, your superintendents that work directly for you. Well, I wouldn't say I have a, a number two because I have four number twos really. All four of the superintendents that report directly to me, including yourself, are so self-sufficient that when I'm out of the office or on vacation, like you said, I'm still accessible, but I don't feel that I need to leave one person in charge. The four that are in their current positions right now are, are so 
uh, self-sufficient. They're more than capable of doing their jobs. Um, and plus we have other resources here. If I'm not available, there's the director of operations, director of engineering, the assistant general manager. Those are all people that they could go to if there's an, a massive emergency and, and something you know needs to be solved right that second. I put 100% faith and trust into my superintendents because they've proven they understand my leadership style. They come to me with questions sometimes, but I think they already know the answer or generally say, hey, I think this is what Tim would you know, expect or want, most of the time they're right because, you know, they've worked with me long enough to know what chances I'm willing to take or things I want to be conservative on. I I leave that power with the superintendents because I have 100% faith that while I'm away, they are representing not only the district, but myself in the way that I would want to be represented when I'm here. Are you preparing successors for success before they are promoted? And and if so, how? What are some of the things that you do or you've done in the past to to, to prepare? Yeah, you have to prepare everybody. Um, There may be, you know, like I said, people that don't want to move up any higher. And that's fine. And that there's places for everybody. But um, really, you got to, you know, work with each person individually and as a group, you know, build their confidence. And some of that confidence can be built through the evaluation process, like we talked about, giving them really, you know, the scores that they deserve. And sometimes you got some employees that basically they're their own worst critic. And when you gave them a project to do or, hey, you know, work on this and they say, oh, wow, you know, I, I, I feel like I fumbled here. I fumbled there. And a lot of times uh, a conversation with them saying, no, you really did a good job. Here's where you, you excelled, met all the target goals of the, the task, and build that confidence with them. And, you know, I think we all need that. We're all probably our, our own worst critics. I, I know I am, my wife is, yeah. you know, and dealing with these uh, our superintendents here. Everybody strives to be better, but we also got to let them know at times, hey, you did a fantastic job. You know, here's here's how we can reward you, whether it's just a, a, a write-up in their evaluation, a pat on the back, recognition at a uh, committee meeting or all-hands meeting. You know, sometimes it's just a handshake. And, and when they know, you know, I appreciate the work. I hope it means a lot to them. Tim, you had mentioned about um, your prospective candidates. You know, typically you, you'll wait for them to maybe approach you sometimes and see if that is the role that they want to go. And I, I guess that also will will show that they have the initiative as well to, to do so. Do you evaluate your can those candidates based on, like, say, their current roles? Or how, how would you, you know, determine, you know, being ready for that next step? Yeah, that's, that's a great qu- question, Ruben. You know, we, we definitely have to evaluate them on their current job right now. You know, what are they doing in their current job? But I'm also looking at what are they doing above and beyond? What extra projects are they um, asking for or coming up with? You know, hey, some of the best projects are ones that staff, you know, comes to me with and says, hey, Tim, I got an idea or I think this is an improvement. And those are are things that I think are are growth building options for, you know, any person, whether it's, like I said, a superintendent or a lead or a, a one, two, those opportunities are phenomenal as far as stepping up, and making a name for yourself in one way by just being that guy that you know is going to go the extra mile. We have many ways to recognize employees here, you know, as far like I said, the evaluations and the pat on back and the gym award and caught being safe. There are so many ways to recognize an employee here. But when an employee really steps up and says, hey, I want to take this task because it's a challenge, you know, or I see a need, um, that really sets them apart from somebody else. And again, the people that come in here and do their eight and leave, you know, there's a place for them also. You know, they come in and do a good job. Not everybody's looking for that 
you know, promotion to a superintendent or a manager. And I respect them as long as they come in and, and they're here to do their uh, fantastic job for the day and help promote the district in a positive way. Do you look to hire, so so when looking at these uh, prospects, uh, do you look to hire a boss almost like uh, you were cloning yourself, Tim? Or are you looking for someone who may be uh, more diverse or maybe untraditional? Uh, that's a great question. I've worked for you know managers in the past that would hire what I call a weak subordinate to support them because they wanted to have the final word or they wanted yes men or yes women around them. That is not me. I want to hire the strongest, most dedicated, most uh, dependable person around me. And like you said before, you know, uh, Brian was moved up, Sean was moved up because I moved up, but you and Ryan were already set in those positions. And those strong leaderships around you only support me. And that's the way I look at it. I have said it before. I have the best support team. I have the best superintendents. I think any manager could ask for, you know, our predecessors assessor, you know, he struggled because there was not the right guys in the right seats. And now I, I have it made because I, I really want to have the strongest people around me, not and not physically strong, but the work ethics, the values of the district, the guys that are really set to go that extra mile. You know, how many times have I had to tell you to go home after <laughs> five o'clock, you know, Ruben, yeah. hey, and one I get, well, I got one more email to send out or I got one more, you know, a permit to do. As much as I want you to spend as much home time as you can, I appreciate it when I know that you guys are going that extra mile. And again, it just makes my job and my, uh, you know, time here much easier to focus on other things. If I'm spending time micromanaging you guys, which I definitely don't want to have to do, um, it takes away from me looking at the bigger picture of, hey, what can we do next month or next year or the year after that to make operations a better department? So truly, my philosophy is, I want to hire that person that's is equally mindset as myself, uh, strong in the industry as myself. That can have that has a lot to offer. I don't want that person hired to uh, work with me. That's just going to agree with everything I say. I, on many a times, I said, "Hey guys, let's you know let's do this project or let's move this forward." And I, I want the superintendents to come back and say, "Hey Tim, did you think about this?" Or you know, if we do this, you know, there's going to be a consequence over here. And I want to be able to have those conversations because I think any of that will. Make Make a project come out better it comes back to that communication but you truly at least in my position you got to have strong support around you above and below you yeah if my support above me was not strong and encouraging me to do the same thing i don't know that i'd have the the freedom and luxury to do the same thing with the superintendents and the leads that we have right now in operation so you definitely don't want to hire someone just to fill a seat or a warm body because they could really mess up things now you know you definitely want to look at the right fit for the position yeah who who can lead the, their team. And sometimes we can transition inside and sometimes we have to go outside. And if we do that, you know, there's a reason. Kind of transitions right into a next question. So when looking for future leaders, do you tend to look uh, within the company first before considering even going outside? And then if so, do you always have a plan B? Is there, you know, is that, you know, I hear people say, I don't even like to put that in the back of my head. And then you hear those that say you have a plan B just in case. You have to have a plan B. However, my goal would be always look at the incumbents first. Who do we have in house that's stepped up? Who who is that guy that's come and shown their leadership uh, through you know taking on extra tasks or stepping up when a project is running later behind and says, hey, I, I'll help out. Who are those people that are showing those leadership? So an incumbent has that benefit 
of already knowing the system, knowing our values, which are very important, knowing uh, the, the current staff. I would hope to always promote within if we can, but again, I'm not gonna promote somebody up who's not ready. I don't wanna set anybody up for failure yeah. and because, oh, well, they're a warm body or the old, you know, old school uh, methodology of, oh, I'm next in line. I got the most seniority, so I'm automatically the next promoted. That definitely does not work. Again, someone who's been here 25 years might have a, a great work ethic and do their job very well, but they may not be the next leader. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, might have a guy that's only been here eight or nine years, but it's really stepped up and shown that leadership quality. And that's the person I want to give that chance to. And again, if they've shown all those outstanding qualities of wanting to lead, we want to give them the opportunity. Now, if there is nobody ready for that, sometimes going to the outside is good because you might get a person that comes in that brings new perspective mm-hmm. and a, a new process or new ideas that we never thought of. So, you know, inside and outside both have their, you know, perks as far as promoting, but sometimes you got you have to go outside and hope that person that comes in can uh, have that right attitude and be that perfect fit for the group because you come bring somebody in from the outside who disrupts the the flow of the group wants to be a dictator or um, the opposite and just says oh well you guys do whatever you want to do you're not going to get buy-in from the staff so I think the key thing is you got to have that fit but outside people you know I was outside once you know I I was the outsider coming in here to Elsinore Valley almost 14 years ago I think they can bring a new perspective and maybe you know bring some life back to a a section that might need some motivation so I, I both sides have pluses it just depends on what is the need for the department and for the district at the time. I agree with you. And I think that's, uh, you know, very important. Like you just mentioned, you know, you were at one time an outside candidate who got the opportunity coming in. I think that that's super important that the fit, you know, getting that perspective, you know, those interviews. So even if you were considering somebody inside, it's I, I always feel like it's super important to hear what outside has to offer as well. Just again for that fit and everything else. So yeah, one hundred percent agree. So is there access for all team members, and especially again for those that do step up and take the initiative and let you know that they're interested for education and mentoring. Uh, to develop their leadership potential? And um, how do you invest in your employees with training and knowledge? What, what are some of the, the tools or, you know, even courses or things that you recommend or you've, you know, accessed? Yeah, one of the things that I, you know, definitely try to get across to superintendents and to the staff, which unfortunately, I wish I spent a little bit more time with staff and I always try to make time for that, but <laughs> work gets in the way. Yeah. But I want everybody to know that my door is open. And one of the things I love to do is talk. I love to talk about work. I love to talk about my job. I love to talk about the things we're doing here at the district. I'd always, you know, say I wouldn't mind being like a uh, tour guide or a, you know, uh, public outreach or something when I retire at some point for the district because I really am pleased to work here and I, I love to show off and brag about it. But for staff, my door is always open. Come in, you know, let's bounce ideas off each other. And I don't always have the answers. I just been around. I've seen a lot of things. I, I have witnessed managers and supervisors that I didn't like in the past and probably should have never been you know, in those positions, but I've also had some amazing mentors in my, you know, 30 plus years. And I hope someday, you know, that, you know, when some young guy sitting here 30 years into his career says, hey, you know, I had these great mentors at Elsinore Valley, people that really lifted me up and and kind of pointed me in the right direction. And a lot of, a lot of that is just finding that person who I don't say you, you want to copy or emulate, but hey, I want to I want to be on the same path that person did. And if I can tell them, hey, here's the things I did right and here's the mistakes I made, 
that's that's valuable because I had that and you know I was lucky to find a mentor very early on and in my young 20s uh, a guy named uh, Brian Troop and at San Diego County Water Authority and he was a, a college teacher down there at Palomar College and I looked to him and said wow you know you're in a, an amazing position how do I get there? And we actually sat down and actually wrote up a little roadmap. He said, okay, here's the classes that you want to take. And then after those, you want to, you know, move forward with your AA degree, which I did. But then he also said, you know, schooling's only part of it. You have to work hard. You have to want it. And you have to, you know, show the people around you that you're here for the long haul. So I'm hoping I can share that with other people, you know, as, as they're coming up through the industry. I had another mentor later on in my career named Clint Bays, who is now the general manager of my previous employer. He, he was phenomenal, and he was he was a people's manager. He, yeah. he came up from the ranks. He started at, at the bottom of the rungs at a, a water district early in his career, and I'm sure he, you know, had his mentors, and he, you know, learned things and made his mistakes, but he was so kind to pass that information on to me and help me grow to where I could leave the nest really and come to an Elsinore uh, agency like Elsinore. So uh, for our staff, you know, same thing. My door's always open. I, I want people to come in and ask me those questions, but we also offer training. I mean, sometimes we're almost drowning in training around mm-hmm. here, but it's necessary. We have the leadership training uh, that HR is putting on that we invite leads into, which I think is phenomenal because they're not going to get that opportunity a- until after you're in management generally. And to get them that exposure now so they can start thinking about how they want to manage and um, how does this affect their day-to-day life, I think it's, uh, it's awesome. Uh, we also have a, a very robust, you know, off-site training where we send staff to seminars and uh, tri-state, you know, uh, water quality conferences. PM staff just went to a USA conference in Florida where... You know, they learned a lot of stuff. I'm sorry, USA Underground Service Alert for anybody that may not know what that is. But I also want staff to start looking at training that they might want to go to. Say, hey, you know, hey, I saw this training for computer technology or artificial intelligence or new meter technology. Can can we attend this or can we get, you know, a webinar or something? The answer 99% of the time is going to be yes. Other than scheduling or, you know, financial, I can't think of a reason why we wouldn't send somebody training that they want to go to and learn and just come back with knowledge and, and make the district a better place. So I tell you, staff's come back with some great ideas from yeah. training. Uh, even myself, I go to some of the, you know, tri-state and yeah. set in some of those classes that, and some of them I've set in two or three times, but each time you come back with a new perspective or you even the person you're sitting next to in class and you talk to and hey where do you work at oh i work here oh what do you do there oh we do this oh what do you what do you what problems did you guys incur with you know pfos or lead and copper or any of these other you know new you know issues of the day how did you guys solve these and you start talking it's like wow that's a great idea we you know we didn't think of that direction and and sometimes that networking is the best way to uh build those relationships of course. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier about HR um, doing our leadership trainings and having different sections where, where we come in, and now we're letting our leads, you know, our field leads come in and participate, and I think that's a great tool, and um, it's definitely st- stimulates their their imagination, their want to participate more, and again, take the initiative and do more. So I think that that is that one was really important, getting them, you know, their buy-in from the, the guys that Uh, from the field, you know? Well, and I think what's important about that leadership program is it's not just a perspective from the HR manager or HR director or some online class. This is 
in-house managers yeah. teaching these segments of this uh, seven habits of leadership. Mm-hmm. So they're not only teaching what's you know in the uh, syllabus, but they're putting their own perspective and their own spins and their own experiences on it, which is great because you get multiple different venue or uh, values and opinions on how things should be done. So it's, you're not just listening to one person read out of a book. So yeah. the amount of knowledge that's you know transferred is phenomenal. Yeah, I got one of my uh, foreman, my leads. Uh, he'll do. I think he's doing the next segment, so he'll be he'll be joining up with one of the safety guys. So again, that's the pep in his step, you know, and the the things that's done just for him getting the opportunity to sit up in front of a bunch of other you know managers and superintendents and leads like himself. So you know, I, it's definitely a step in the in the right direction. No, I think it's positive. great. Yeah, Tim, how have you challenged your most promising MVPs? Is there is there one thing or something that you've that you've done or you, you know, Phil has probably been one of the, the, the better things that resources or you know, that you've put into play? Well, I, I think the, the most important thing is to, to challenge people. So yeah. whether it's through the evaluation process where we give them a, a obtainable goal for the following year, or, you know, sometimes there's in-house projects that staff doesn't necessarily know about or hear about, but we let them, you know, get in on it and try to have their input. So sometimes we take some of the engineering projects and say, hey, how can we, how can we do this better? We get, you know, uh, input from the, you know, the leads or supervisors that may run or see, you know, that uh, facility when it's up and running. But the most challenging thing is, you know, to give them something that challenges them. That's sometimes the hard part is Mm -hmm. some of these guys are rock stars. So to, to challenge some of these guys is tough with, you know, trying to keep things in, in scope of their work. Um, but also asking staff, Hey, what's something that you want to do? Is there a project out there that we don't know about or something that needs to be improved and let staff come back and say, Hey, I want to improve this section over here. I want to improve the flow over here or we want to improve the pressure or how we do this or whatever this change can save time or save money. I I think that's valuable to to get the buy-in from staff and let them choose some of their own destiny. And with that being said, I I think uh, this scoop is a perfect example of that. About a year or so ago, I, I went to all the superintendents and said, hey, guys, what can we do? You know, what can we do that's it puts us out in the public, you know, out, out there for, you know, vendors fairs or what can we do to, to get Elsinore Valley out into the, the limelight of the public? And out of that came this, I believe, this is right away. You came up, hey, I got this idea. I'll be honest, in a million years, I would have never come up with this idea. You yeah. know, it's just not my wheelhouse. But uh, to see how successful the scoop has been, and that's all driven by you and your staff, uh, because that was an idea you came up with. Uh, that wasn't, you know, the general manager, or the board of directors. This wasn't something we were forced to do. This is something that, that staff came up with and said, hey, let's do this. And I completely stand behind this. And, and I've, you know, I think I caught up on every episode now yeah. and I love listening to it. And again, I learned things from other people that you had on there, you know, hearing uh, some of, you know, the wastewater operators, which is not my wheelhouse and hearing no. some of the things and challenges that they go through. It's like, wow. And some of the people that you brought in from the outside to talk, you know, the county people and the empowering women and water, fantastic. And it gets that word out there. So giving, staff and superintendents the opportunity to come up with their own destiny sometime is great. Some of the other projects might have planted the seed, but staff has run with was uh, the DMA project. And I, I could go another hour on that by itself, but I won't. The DMA but, is the... Uh, district metered areas. It, it's a way to kind of uh, monitor water loss and encourage uh, conservation. 
So like I said, I could spend an hour talking about that, but the field services staff along with IT has really just jumped on that and made it their own. And now we're being invited to conferences and trade shows to talk about this DMA uh, that we're still in the infancy of, but we're talking about the mistakes that we've made, the things that we learned, things that we didn't even think about until you start looking at the data. Uh, One of the other projects, you know, big project was the valves on the 33 inch. Again, I could talk another hour about that, but we have a segment of line that uh, was put in back in the 50s and really didn't have proper isolation valves in it to meet today's current needs for the uh, community's 10,000 homes served off this one line. So asked, you know, preventive maintenance to, hey, how can we make this line better? What can we do? And they've really ran with that. And, you know, we're making progress again, learn some things, you know, from it. It's going to be a fantastic project when it's done. Yeah. Uh, also too, just note, uh, you mentioned earlier, and you didn't even have to wait 30 years, Tim, you know, you said maybe in 30 years from now, someone's going to look back and say, yeah, Tim was a mentor, uh, which is very true. So, you know, chance discussion, we had our uh, leadership, our, our superintendent meeting, you know, where all the other superintendents from water ops, uh, met up for lunch and you know you brought this up and again this was something that from there spawned this idea you know and come to fruition so yeah definitely you know you address groups which is something I'm terrified of and I don't know if all the other superintendents feel <laughs> you know as uncomfortable as I do in front of groups of people but again I think that's priming the guys for or getting the guys ready for prime time be addressing big groups you know the board uh, admin just I mean in big groups, I, I see that you're very comfortable. So again, you know, when when you had that discussion about us getting into something, you know, a venture or, you know, at something extracurricular outside of what we do regularly, you know, I thought, you know, this is the best, this couldn't be any, you know, any better time, you know, to, to give this a shot. So again, all credit, you know, that you, you planted the seed and got it going and, you know, also helped it come to fruition. Like I said, you know, getting our PR team involved and getting the ball rolling pretty quick. So you see, you've you've left this legacy too already, you know, and it's not even 30 years, you know, you, you're already able to look back and say, yeah, there you go. Like, you know, the mentoring ship, it, it is working and it is, you know, it's affecting, you know, the people around us, you know. Well, I so, appreciate that, Ruben, yeah. but this is really all you. It really <laughs> is. Uh, I appreciate that, but no. Um, and real quick, just on your, you know, speaking in public, that didn't come easy at first. Yeah. You know, you've got to take baby steps. You know, uh, like I said, my mentors before, you know, would say, hey, why don't you present this little, you know, one minute thing to the board of directors or to staff or whatever. And it, it just, it becomes second nature after a while. But I don't think very many people just take their very first presentation in front of five or 600 people, you know, it, it, you got to build up to it. So yeah. it just comes with time and experience. Is there something that you are proactively doing to help make the transition easy? for the prospective candidate, like uh, transfer sharing of knowledge. And, and also that that uh, whole, the transfer of uh, knowledge or sharing knowledge, because, you know, I've seen in the past too, even here, uh, you know, there are some superintendents that leave pretty abruptly or, or even the ones that don't leave so abruptly, you know, and they, what are you doing to help make sure your knowledge is being left behind or those candidates or potentials 
are absorbing that and able to access it even you know when you're gone oh yeah that's that's great that's easy actually um as i kind of mentioned before one of my favorite things to do is brag about this place and the staff i do little you know presentations to the board of directors um on each group or on a project or on an individual staff member because i love to brag about what staff's doing i'll be honest it's easy uh, you know it doesn't take a lot of effort to sit here and talk about you know an accomplishment that the construction maintenance team did or the field services team that's pretty much speaks for itself but i can get up in front of the board of directors and, and talk about how amazed i am with the staff but a part of that is just sharing that information not only with the executive ta- staff and the board of directors but sharing it with the other sections that line of communication is vital as far as when i think that the construction maintenance team did a great job the you you know, PM team and the field and the water production team should know about it as well and vice versa. And that's why, you know, I really like having some of these group trainings when we, you know, have the change in the Lakeshore Booster. You know, we've had a couple meetings on that to where I didn't want to share information with one group and then share information with another group and then share information with the third group. Let's get everybody together and share the same information so when questions are asked, we can all learn from those that information. It's, it's all about information sharing as far as, you know, getting people prepared for the future. Some advice I give to brand new employees is when you guys are having your uh, briefing meetings in the morning, whether it's construction maintenance, PM, water production, listen, pay attention they're talking about today may not make a hundred percent sense to you because you're the new guy you're you're learning you're uh, you know just trying to absorb everything but you have to listen to what these guys are talking about because when they start talking about a pump station or a reservoir or a pipeline may not mean a hill of beans to you today but three years from now when you go oh now that makes sense Uh, you know now you're doing a project that's similar or at the same place that type of information transfer is is vital so you have to you know pay attention you have to listen may not always understand what you're hearing, but if you actually stay focused, it's it's vital. And it all goes back to just sharing that information. You know, I mentioned all hands meetings earlier that we have that we didn't really have in the past and staff meetings and all hands water or all hands operations meetings that's just for the operations sections. We're trying to share that knowledge across all the departments. So there might be a, a wastewater project project that's going on that doesn't necessarily affect water ops, but now you know, hey, what these other groups or challenge, challenges are right now. Hey, here's an idea, or hey, we have this piece of equipment, or do you need extra bodies? We can offer that up and share across the way. But I think preparing staff with knowledge is the best thing you can do. Yeah. The more that they know that's going on, not only at the district, but in the industry, you know, what's coming down the, the pipe as new regulations, what's coming down as, you know, the next uh, emerging constituent, what's the next hurdle that we're going to have to jump over? How are we going to change our process? And if we can keep everybody up to date or nobody's surprised, I think that's the best tool we can give anybody who wants to be the next leader is knowledge. And uh, you asked, you know, what am I going to do when I leave? Well, I, I'm hoping I transferred a lot of that just verbally to people, but I like to think we have very detailed files now on our computers. Everything's, you know, shared. Files that we can share are pretty accessible by our groups. And hopefully people know what files are in there. You know, there's a lot of files that are in for water production that construction may not know about and vice versa. But those files are there if you go looking for them. And I like to think we pre- do a pretty good job of saving data. I can't tell you how many times I've just done a you know, our own Google search in our own system and say, hey, I'm looking for 
something on the blend line. And wow, I found documents from 2006, 2008, 2009 that didn't even know existed. Mm-hmm and start reading through those documents and go, wow, here's this is some great information. And those were left by my predecessor. Could we have done a better job in the past? Sure, you know, uh, I'd like to see our as-builts and things like that improved over the years, but there's a wealth of knowledge in our own computer system. And I'm hoping that by having these conversations with people, they at least know the information's out there and know where to look. I don't expect everybody to know everything about every contract. I don't. We have so many contracts and so many agreements and so many other policies. I don't expect you to know every word line for line, but I expect you to know where to go look for it and go, oh, the cemetery well agreement. I know I know we have one. I better go look that up. Or the the uh, agreement with Lake Elsinore on, on lake management. I know we have an agreement. I don't know every word of it. You know, what, what are the parameters? What are the mechanisms that we need to know in there to move forward? So sharing that knowledge with not only the superintendents, but the leads and field staff is probably one of the most important things I can do as a manager. And I hope I, I do that. And like I mentioned earlier, I would love to block off several hours a day to go out and meet staff in the field. Yeah. But unfortunately, just, you know, work gets in the way sometimes. But I try to get out occasionally and I'll stop by a job site. I saw your crew yesterday just for a minute. And my goal is not to go there and see, oh, are they breaking any rules or is there safety violations or anything? My job is to stop by and say hi, see how they're doing. Now, don't get me wrong. The manager, you know, standpoint, if I see a, a massive safety violation, I will contact a superintendent. But that's not my goal to go out right. there and do. And luckily, I don't find those you know yeah. it's it's my goal is to go out there and meet with the people hey how's this job going you know what are the challenges that you came across you know how many people are out of water just trying to get you know some information from them but i, I really want them to know that any information i have is, is theirs to gain they just sometimes might have to ask for it but i'll definitely share whatever i know and you'd mentioned earlier about um you know the technology too their their succession planning and um, knowledge sharing, it's gotten so much better, you know, and, and maybe the technology has always been there, but I know 15 years ago when I started EVMWD, everything was on paper and pen, you know, and that's how we turned a lot of stuff in. But we've had Maximo since um, where, you know, I think we've been able to, for the most part, get some good, you know, some substantial information in there for some of the neighborhoods where maybe we've had problematic or been problematic, you know, as far as the, the aging of our infrastructure and stuff like that. Uh, we've mapped GIS and stuff. And then currently we're in the middle of uh, coming into a new system where we can track better a lot more for asset management and stuff like that. So I think these tools as well are excellent for this, you know, because now it's not going, I got to remember that. Because before I'd run into places where we didn't know where the line was or how far it was off the edge of the right of way, you know, until we were out there, you know, for hours looking for it, you know, because some of the older lines don't have tracing wire, all the older uh, trans-IACP line. So again, I think that this, this, this tool here that we're about to adopt and bring into the district is going to be, you know, a super tool that everybody can use in this, this whole transfer of knowledge, you know, it, it's, I mean, it's going to be excellent. Yeah, I agree. Tool. I think it's going to be a game changer. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. The new asset management and CMMS system. And I think the main driver of that or the main winner is it's taking three or four different technologies and merging them all into one. Yeah. Where our GIS and asset management and CMMS software are all in one place now and they're all going to work together and just give the guys so much more information, so much so much of better of a tool to work with to where the information they add now will be beneficial to those guys 30 years from now to where those lines that are on the edge of the road that aren't traceable 
might be easier to identify now because of the integration between GIS and CMMS. And uh, I tell you, that's one of those things that it gets me really excited and I can't wait to see. I mean, we're at, in the in implementation process of it right now, but uh, we're supposed to go live here in the next few months. And I'll be honest, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in this program, for lack of a better term, playing around, trying to figure out how I can use this to benefit not only myself, but uh, encourage staff to use it and, uh-huh. and benefit the district because um, we're only as good as the information we leave behind. So yep. like I said, I'm hoping 30 years from now when staff looks back and says, oh, wow, you know, hey, we got a lot of great information. You know, like I said, 15 years ago, a lot of stuff was on paper yeah. and you had to go look through a, a file cabinet to mm-hmm. go look for it. Now, hopefully everything's scanned and, and and searchable through our system and just makes my job easier and, and which hopefully will make the our successors uh, job, you know, easier in the future. Yeah. And just just uh, in case for the listeners out there, GIS is Geographical Information, Information Systems. Systems and CMMMS. Uh, Computer CMMMS. Management Maintenance Software. There you go. I, I didn't get I didn't have that one. I had GIS, but I was like, I couldn't remember what yeah. the CMMS was. I Sorry, was we, we live in acronyms here. Yeah, uh, so no worries. You're we, all good. Maybe you should put an acronym list out <laughs> yeah. on a disclosure. Here. Yeah, for sure. All right. One final question. So what would be the most critical advice you think you would need to share if you were going to say your final goodbye today and walk out the district door for one final time? I thought about that for a while. That's a, that's a great question. My one piece of advice for anybody, build relationships. Uh, build relationships with your staff, build relationships with your, your managers and uh, assistant general managers, the general manager, board of directors. You have to have those relationships up and down and even sideways. You know, I like to think that between operations and engineering, we've built an amazing relationship over the last six, seven years that we didn't always have before. Because of that relationship, I think we have better results on our projects. We have more buy-in. We're being asked what we want or how uh, we want something to operate or what we think the end goal should be. Now, do we always get that? Maybe, maybe not, but at least we had our say in it. So building those relationships inside are probably one of the most critical tools that you can have in your toolbox as a manager, superintendent, you know, general manager, you know, you got to do that. With that being said, you also have to build those relationships outside. Uh, we deal with multiple cities here, um, other you know committees, uh, other water districts. Try we try so hard to build those relationships because in when it comes to, to a time of need, you're going to call on your peers to say, "Hey, we we need a section of pipe or we need um, a piece of equipment. Do you guys have one?" And which we had to do several years ago. We had to borrow a water truck from another agency and. I think that just only helped build our, you know, um, relationships with those other agencies. The executive staff has basically recently uh, got us into a, a mutual aid agreement with Rancho California Water District, which is great. We have a list of their inventory. They have a list of our inventory. And when something bad happens, which I hope it doesn't, if it's not regional wide, you know, hopefully we can help each other, whether it's equipment parts or even staff and it all comes down to building those relationships being respectful to those relationships you build it can't be one way you can't you know go to customer service or finance or engineering and you know jump on the desk and expect you know i want my way without having the door swing both ways so when engineering comes to operations says hey you know we need something done quick or we need an investigation or hey you know 
can you help us out here? We're first to say yes, because we want to, you know, help them help us. So it, it really is best piece of advice, build relationships, maintain those relationships and respect those relationships. Right. And that's funny. And I didn't, I, I didn't know Tim was going to say that, but I, I got to agree with you. That is probably the best piece of advice because that was something that was missed on me, you know, before my predecessor, I, you know, I took over and that was something, like I said, that w- was not really so much time was put into that and 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 even in myself when I took over so I had to work backwards I knew my job front to back coming into the position but the relationships the relationships <laughs> the relationships that you're talking about I I did not have so you know how hard it was for me to know my job and trying to get stuff done but it's because the relationships were absent and I had to work backwards a lot of what I was doing, you know. But I'm glad so, you recognize that. And yes. Like I said, all, all the superintendents do a fantastic job, whether they're in water ops or collections or wastewater. Um, we couldn't do our jobs here without you guys. Yeah. Well, Tim, again, thanks a lot. I, I really appreciate you sitting down and doing this for us. Again, like I said, when I thought about succession planning, couldn't think of anybody else better than well, you to come in and talk about this. Again, I'm honored and I, I appreciate the compliments, but... I'm just a, a cog in the wheel here. Uh, like I said, it, it really is a team effort. We we have to have amazing people around us to, to succeed. You could be the best leader in the world, but if you don't have people to support you above you and below you, you're really not going to get much accomplished. Uh, At that point, you're just a, a dictator maybe. I don't know, but you, you got to have the buy-in from everybody else. So thanks again for inviting me to do this. I, I, I could talk for hours about the district and brag about it. So yeah. I appreciate that. Of course. All right. Well, that's the scoop. Thanks for spending the time with us today. And remember, progress is always under construction.